episode 154 of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber, joined as always by Paul Herman. How you doing, Paul? I am doing well. We just saw each other, had a blast at Disneyland. That was a ridiculous time, right? I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't too hot. It was. I felt it was perfect weather. Got to do lots and lots of stuff. And yeah, that was, uh, that was quite, a, quite a good time. It was awesome. It was an absolute blast being able to hang out with you in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and being able to see the look on your face when you first saw the Millennium (laughs) Falcon inside Star Wars Galaxy's Edge inside Disneyland. Yeah, that was a lot of fun last week, and we're going to be talking about that on our Patreon credit scene, including our reactions to Rise of the Resistance, because we got to go on that ride. For each of us, it was our first time, and we went Mm -hmm. on that together. Uh, So we'll be talking about that in the Patreon credit scene, which is part of our Marvel Studios News Patreon, which many of you, I'm sure, know about by now. So the plan for this week's episode, it was to go ahead and just continue our Expanding the Universe series with WandaVision, because WandaVision is up next. But then a huge news story broke today, and that took precedent. So we are going to put the Expanding the Universe series on pause. We will get to WandaVision next week, unless it gets bumped again by some other massive Disney news story or Marvel news story. But because of the story that came today being so big, and, potent- and having such potential impacts on Marvel and Marvel Studios, we wanted to make sure we talked about it. And I got plenty of requests and questions that we talk about it on the podcast. So that's what we're going to do. We are going to talk about Bob Chapik succeeding Bob Iger as the chief executive officer of the Walt Disney Company. But before we get into that news, I want to quickly let you know that you should certainly follow the at Marvel Studios News Instagram because if you've ever wanted to be on this podcast, there's a potential opportunity for you there. And details are available on a post that I put up on Monday, February 24th. So check out that post on Monday, February 24th at Marvel Studios News on Instagram for details on how you might be able to secure a spot for yourself on this podcast. So make sure you check that out. And then also just want to let everybody know that we are having a couple more watch parties coming up on our Patreon exclusive Discord. We just had a really fun one this past Sunday. A lot of us sat down and watched the Avengers together. That was a blast. We have another one coming up on Sunday, March 1st at 5 p.m. Pacific time. We're going to be watching Captain America the Winter Soldier. I will be hosting that watch party on our Patreon exclusive Discord. And we also have another one on Wednesday, March 4th. So two coming up really quickly here. Wednesday, March 4th, We have a watch party for Black Panther at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Why are we doing that watch party on March 4th? Well, that just so happens to be the first day that Black Panther will be available on Disney+. And so those watch parties, they happen on our Patreon-exclusive Discord. And speaking of our Patreon, thank you very much to some of our latest patrons, Connor McAnally, Glenn Gabriel, Richard Caterino, David Titan or Tiden, Colin Rimshaw, Cooper Hood, Janisa Johnson, and Jenna Bartz. Well, uh, Jenna Bartz has actually been around for a while, uh, but wanted to give Jenna a shout out as well. They are some of the patrons over at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News, where they get exclusive content that's not available anywhere else, including those Patreon credit scenes that I referred to a moment ago. This week, Paul and I are going to be talking about Rise of the Resistance, even though it's not Marvel. We know a lot of you are curious about it, so we're going to talk about it on that show. Uh, but we usually do a Patreon credit scene for most of these main show episodes that we do, where we just take whatever conversation we had. Maybe we discuss something related to it, or maybe it's completely different. And we have all other kinds of exclusives like Q&A shows, scene breakdowns, which are called Marvelous Moments, the Marvel Unlimited Book Club, which is coming up this month, where we're going to be talking about some Shang-Chi comics. So all kinds of exclusive content. 
as well as that Patreon exclusive Discord where we do those watch parties. And if you do sign up and you are getting exclusive podcasts, then you get a private RSS link that you that you can use to subscribe via via RSS with a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, and that allows you to get all of the exclusive shows and the main podcasts that you're hearing now. It's all in one feed. You don't have to track it down in multiple places. So for more information on that, please visit patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. And now, without further ado, let's get into this news. So as I said at the top, Bob Chapek is going to succeed, or he is now succeeding Bob Iger as the chief executive officer of the Walt Disney Company. Bob Iger, though, is still serving as executive chairman through December 31st of 2021. He will be directing the company's creative endeavors while also continuing to lead the board of directors. Bob Iger's contract actually expires December 31st of 2021. So through the rest of his contract, even though he's not going to be CEO anymore, he will be the executive chairman. And Bob Chapek will actually be reporting to him, reporting to Bob Iger. So Bob Chapek, he is going to be, he is just the seventh CEO in Disney's almost 100 year history. He's been with the company for 27 years. Most recently, he was in the role of chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products. That was a new position that was created as Disney merged different departments in 2018. Before that, Bob Chapek was the chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts since 2015. As chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products, he's overseen a lot of the company. He has overseen the company's largest business segment with operations around the world uh, that have more than 170,000 employees globally. Before that, uh, Bob Chapek was the president of Disney Consumer Products. Before that, he was the president of distribution for the Walt Disney Studios. And he was also the president of home entertainment for Disney. So he's been the leader of a lot of different departments and a lot of different business segments for the Walt Disney Company. Has a lot of well-rounded experience, which certainly points to why he would be a top candidate or the candidate, the selection, as the person who is going to succeed Bob Iger as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. So as far as this transition and and what's going on with it, we are going to talk about the timing of this announcement. We are going to talk about what this means for Bob Iger and what this means for Marvel. But I just want to get in a couple of quotes about this decision and about this announcement today. Let's start with Bob Iger, who was the CEO of Disney, but is still the executive chairman. He said, quote, with the successful launch of Disney's direct-to-consumer business and the integration of 21st Century Fox well underway, I believe this is the optimal time to transition to a new CEO. Iger continued, I have the utmost confidence in Bob Chapek and look forward to working closely with him over the next 22 months as he assumes his new role and delves deeper into Disney's multifaceted global businesses and operations while I continue to focus on the company's creative endeavors. Bob Chapek said of his appointment as CEO, I am incredibly honored and humbled to assume the role of CEO of what I truly believe is the greatest company in the world. And to lead our exceptionally talented and dedicated cast members and employees, Bob Iger has built Disney into the most admired and successful uh, successful media and entertainment company, and I have been lucky to enjoy a front row seat as a member of his leadership team. I share his commitment to creative excellence, technological innovation, and international expansion, and I will continue to embrace these same strategic pillars going forward. Everything we have achieved thus far serves as a solid foundation for further creative storytelling, bold innovation, and thoughtful risk-taking. So what are the key takeaways of what's actually happening in this news? So going through the entire press release, as well as some of the different quotes from Bob Iger and Bob Chapek, 
uh, when they did an investor call after this announcement was made. We're going to go through all of that. But here are just a few, uh, a few quick key takeaways before we get into some of the Marvel stuff. So this was, uh, Bob Chapek was a unanimous, uh, or he was elected unanimously by Disney's board of directors. They considered internal and external candidates. And then in Bob Chapek's new role as a CEO right now, he will directly oversee all of the company's business segments and corporate functions, but he will, be still, he will still be reporting to Bob Iger, the executive chairman, and the board of directors. Eventually, Bob Chapek will be appointed to Disney's board of directors. So as of right now, Bob Chapek has the title of CEO, but you can certainly make the case that he's not the big boss because he still has a boss not just in the board of directors in general, as CEOs often have a boss, have, have bosses in their board of directors and their shareholders. But in the case of Bob Chapek, he is still reporting to Bob Iger, who is overseeing the creative side of the Disney business, while Bob Chapek focuses on the day-to-day operations. Now, getting into the timing of this, because there's been a lot of questions about that. Why is this happening right now? And it is different than what we knew. So previously... Bob Iger, his contract, it's been set to expire a few times now over the years, and it's been extended a few times. So most recently, it was going to expire. Well, not most recently, but prior to the Disney-Fox deal, it was going to expire in 2019. And that's actually why he set up his book to be published in 2019, is he thought he was going to be done as of last year. But then the Disney-Fox deal came up. And so when that was announced in December of 2017, it was said that as part of that deal, Bob Iger's contract was extended so that he would continue on as the chairman and CEO of Disney through the end of 2021. He is still serving as chairman through the end of 2021, but he is not, uh, he is not still serving as CEO. So that is a little bit different based on what we uh, came to expect from the Fox deal when it was announced a couple of years ago. Here's what Bob Iger has said about the timing of this announcement. I felt that with the asset base in place and with our, our strategy essentially deployed, that I should be spending as much time as possible on basically the creative side of our business. And then he continued, I could not do that if I were running the company on a day-to-day basis. And then Bob Iger went on to explain that that's why they've turned control of the day-to-day operations to Bob Chapek. So the timing is a little bit funky. I mean, we knew that there was going to be a succession plan. But it is a little bit odd to think that we're hearing about this now without much prep or without much fanfare. I mean, we knew at some point we were going to find out who was going to be the next CEO. I think what's most surprising about it, it's, it's not so much that the next CEO has been announced. It's that the next CEO has been announced and he's already the CEO with Bob Chapek, that Bob Iger is no longer the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. I think what most of us would have expected is for a future CEO, a successor to be named, but for Bob Iger to still be the CEO until much closer to his contract expiring, not necessarily him no longer being the CEO as of today. But in just looking at why there might be some reasons as to making this change now, the Fox deal is largely done. And that was the main reason for Bob Iger staying on as the chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company through 2021. It was to oversee the successful integration of Fox into the Walt Disney Company. And while there are still some things going on there, a lot of the heavy lifting has already been done. And as Bob Iger put it, the asset base that they were getting from the Fox deal, as well as the things that they've, uh, the other things that Disney has acquired and and developed over the years, all of those things are pretty much in place now. So 
that's probably why they feel a little more comfortable making the change, even though it's not necessarily uh, Bob Iger staying on as CEO through the end of 2021, like initially announced when the Fox deal was announced. And I think in making this change today, it gives Disney and Bob Chapek especially some time to make this transition. They have a decent sized transition period. Bob Chapek can master certain areas of the business before taking over the rest of it. And also, I mean, I know Disney stock is a little bit down, but it was no matter what happened, whenever there was a transition to a new CEO, the stock was going to dip because Bob Iger is one of the most successful and influential CEOs of the last decade and a half. So there's no, but there's nobody out there that Disney could have announced where there wouldn't have, and there's no timing where Disney could have announced a successor for Bob Iger and not ha- not had the stock price be affected. But at least now, the fall on the stock price and all of those corporate things that a company like Disney would worry about, it's not as bad, I don't think, as if as if there was no transition period and Bob Iger just walked out the door on December thirty first, twenty twenty one. And there was a new person in charge on January 1st of 2022. This allows her to be, uh, there's going to be a little bit of a fall, but the stock price can recover. Disney can recover and show in this transition period that everything's just fine with Bob Chapek running the day to day. So when Bob Iger steps away completely at the end of next year, there's a lot more confidence in Disney's future with Bob Chapek as the chief executive officer and most likely the chairman of the Walt Disney Company at that time. Uh, and in the over the course of these next 22 months, Bob Iger has the opportunity to really show Bob Chapek the ropes. Bob Chapek already brings 27 years worth of experience and a lot of that being high level leadership experience within different branches of the Walt Disney Company. So there's clearly a lot that he already knows. But as far as what he doesn't know about being the CEO of Disney, he's got a lot of time to play catch up and he's got the best possible mentor he could ask for with Bob Iger as a tremendously successful Disney CEO. So we're going to get to the Marvel stuff in just a bit. And Paul, I thank you for sitting here patiently while I went through all the corporate stuff that I know is not your favorite stuff to talk about, <laughs> yeah. but I just had to, yeah. I figured for clarity's sake, I would just get it all out at once. Oh, yeah. uh, but your your reaction when you heard this news about Bob Chapek uh, succeeding Bob Iger as CEO today? Well, today that was a very interesting thing because... Uh, being at Disneyland with you last week and just knowing that two of my favorite properties are a part of Disney now, which they weren't when I grew up, but now that they are Disney and and me are a lot more uh, connected than I ever thought I would be. I'm I'm not anti Disney. I've always enjoyed going to Disneyland, but I've never been the, the most, the biggest Disney fan, if you will. And with all that being said, you know, Disney, I think, has done a, a great job with handling Marvel and handling Star Wars to an extent. And as far as I mean, to Star Wars, not really Marvel, they've been totally fine. They've let Kevin be Kevin and let the comics be the comics. So automatically, I'm fine. So with this announcement, though, I do wonder if they have to consider now um, because because Bob had good. Obviously, he had good. He kind of saw things coming. And I always looked at uh, the fact that he saw Marvel and took, you know, even though they had a couple of successful films, it was still somewhat of a risk to spend as much money as they did. And looking back, it's an absolute 100 percent steal. Um, but back in the day, there was a lot of money they threw down to get Marvel. And even though they had a couple of successful films, superhero mo- movies were still kind of just only the big, the big names were, were still making money like Spider-Man's the, 
uh, Batman, uh, you know, whatever. And they, people were not saying, or people were saying that, you know, this is still risky. And I remember a time when Marvel was, even though they had Iron Man, it was a huge hit. Uh, it just was nothing was guaranteed. And I'll never forget when they bought, when they bought Marvel, I was very, very surprised and very, I was very trepidatious and Bob Iger pretty much let Marvel be Marvel. And I have to really give him a lot of credit for, for doing that and for not interfering as as far as I know, um, interfering with too much creatively. So, I mean, he interfered in a good way. I mean, he yeah, well, yes. In, in 2015, I mean, he's the one who backed Kevin Feige when Feige wanted to get Marvel Studios out from under Ike Perlmutter and the rest of Marvel at that time. And obviously that was a huge, huge thing and what needed to happen. So Bob has done a lot of great things as a Marvel fan and has done by just being a coming in when he, like you said, when he needs to, but basically letting Marvel be Marvel. And that, that is something that you cannot, that's intuition that you have to, you you're born with. You're not, you don't just learn that necessarily. You can, I guess, to an extent, but I think good business intuition and creative intuition some of those things are just you're born with and you just have good sense about those things. And Bob Iger, I think for, you know, he's not perfect, obviously. I don't really agree with how he handled Star Wars completely. That's a whole different story. But that with Marvel, I will say that he has, for the most part, you know, in everything he's done, good intuition. He's CEO of Disney and look what he's done. But yeah, I, I think that this was, it, it was, I was a little shocked at first. Just because, you know, when it, when it finally happens, it's like, wow. But then when I kind of thought about it, I mean, well, yeah, he was going to retire. That's the whole point reason he put out his book and where he revealed all the Star Wars drama behind the scenes, if you will, when they first bought it. And uh, I remembered, oh, it's because of the Fox and Disney Plus deal that he kind of wanted to see all that through, which makes a lot of sense. Those are his babies, essentially, especially Disney Plus. So <clears throat> my, my immediate reaction is I'm grateful for what he's done for Marvel and and everything and i but at the same time i gotta wonder uh sean what what this means not i don't want to say that what does this mean for star wars and marvel going forward and what you know obviously right you know i don't want to get to like that but we've talked about this before you know with with kevin feige's new role at marvel Mm -hmm. it's what what does this mean going forward in a sense to where yeah how am i going to put this without trying to sound like I'm just making this up to like, just for the sake of making it up. But I have this feeling because I have no, because, because I, everyone who listens to the show knows I'm, this is not my side of the, of the, of the thing, but I'm, I'm going to throw some out to you. And I'm very curious what you think, because you're, this is your kind of your bread and butter. My thing is this, it seems to me with putting, you know, with, with Bob going forward in a very a more creative outlet, Mm-hmm. And and still, based like you said, being overseeing everything, being the guy's boss, the other Bob's boss, from the new CEO yep. of Disney, with all that, and with Kevin being uh, the head of Marvel and just kind of running things for a while, as of right now, it seems to me they and this almost could be a this is a transition period in a sense to where anything could happen by the time he leaves. And it seems to me, right. and what I'm getting at is, I think things could look very different when he leaves, opposed to what, what as of right now. And, I, and I'm not saying Kevin's going to take over Disney. What I will say 
is uh, is that maybe if Kevin Feige is going to be the creative guy when Bob exactly, Iger is gone. Exactly. Exactly. I had the same suspicion, but Feige or not Feige, it was uh, Bob Iger who did say, because I think that came up during the investor call, not about Feige, but this plan of if Bob Iger is handing off all the other responsibilities to Bob Chapik, except creative for the most part, then what happens when Bob Iger walks away? Who's going to fill that role of whatever Bob Iger is doing with creative between now and the end of his contract at the end of next year? And he said that his goal is that when he leaves, that Bob Chapik will be just as steeped in all the creative matters of the company as Bob Iger is today. And so the idea is that Bob Chapik will be a complete chairman and CEO at the end of this transition period. So that's the plan right now is that Bob Iger will hand these creative reins that Bob Iger is holding on to. He will eventually hand those over to Bob Chapik as well. So, but I did have the same thought. And even in hearing the news that Bob Chapik, it was the selection for CEO, there was a tiny part of me that felt a little bit relieved because as I was starting to think about who was going to be the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, for a long time, I had written off the idea of Kevin Feige because I said, there's no way he wants that job. But then in the job that he has now with Marvel of still being the president of Marvel Studios, but also being the chief creative officer of Marvel Entertainment, it felt like, is this corporate grooming at work here? Is he getting more corporate responsibilities? Because eventually maybe they do want him to have the top job. And if Iger sticks around for long enough, is Feige going to take those reins? But I still don't think Kevin Feige was... I never really had him uh, set up as a, a favorite for this job, at least not right now with Bob Iger's contract expiring at the end of next year. I think what a lot of people speculated about, I mean, Bob Chapik was certainly one of the names that was out there. The other big name that was out there, and I think a lot of people would have actually had him as the favorite just based on where he's working right now, is Kevin Mayer, who is running uh, direct-to-consumer and international for Disney. What does that really mean? It means Disney Plus. That's the business unit that oversaw, under the leadership of Kevin Mayer, the development and launch of Disney Plus. And so when you hear Disney Plus all the time, and it's very clear that it is the centerpiece of Disney's business, and people thinking that if he was very successful with that, that would set up Kevin Mayer. And he, Kevin Mayer has also been, particularly if you've read Bob Iger's book, The Right of a Lifetime, when Bob Iger talks about the various acquisitions, Star Wars, Marvel, Kevin Mayer's name comes up in those, and he's a key part of that strategy and those strategic decisions to make those acquisitions. And so I started thinking, like a lot of people did, that Kevin Mayer was the favorite to be the next CEO of the Walt Disney Company. But then when you go back and you look at Bob Chapik's resume, and I had forgotten a lot of this stuff about Bob Chapik for the last several years, I've just been thinking about him in association with Disney Parks, because when do I see Bob Chapik? At D23 Expo every other year on stage during the Disney Parks panels on Sundays. So that's kind of what I just started thinking of him as. And while parks are a massive part of Disney's business, it's not the centerpiece of the business like Disney Plus is, like streaming is going to be. And so I was thinking maybe Kevin Mayer over Bob Chapik, but that's just getting into Disney CEO, corporate ladder, succession, you know, drama and strat. And I don't really know that it was drama, uh, but anyway, just going over the, the different ideas of who might be the CEO. But I have been thinking a lot about Kevin Feige continuing to ascend the ladder at Disney, and maybe Kevin Feige is going to be the eighth CEO 
with for the Walt Disney Company after Bob Chapek is done, however long, hopefully he has a long, successful run as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And then maybe when he's done, if Kevin Feige hasn't moved on by then from the Walt Disney Company, if he's been continuing to work his way up the ladder, maybe eventually Kevin Feige is the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. But for today, I was a little bit relieved because there was a part of me that was wondering if if Kevin Feige might be the guy. And and I know that you could look at Kevin Feige's resume and a lot of people would scoff at that and say he shouldn't be the CEO. And there's plenty of uh, quali- there are plenty of arguments to back that up. But when you look at the Walt Disney Company and even Bob Iger's tenure, I mean, his background was in television. I mean, first it was in sports and then he was doing news and then he was doing primetime television. And then he worked his way up to eventually once you know, of course, as the company that he worked for as ABC got bought by Disney, then he became part of the Disney. Uh, he went into the Disney corporate fold, worked his way up to being the chief operating officer under Michael Eisner. And then he eventually and then he succeeded Michael Eisner as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. So it's not like everybody who becomes the CEO of the Walt Disney Company is a well-rounded businessman who's been part of everything. You want somebody who's smart enough to have good instincts, as Bob Iger clearly does but also know what they don't know and surround themselves with really smart, talented people who can essentially help make them look good because they're and just let them do their thing, let them be smart, talented people and operate as such, as Bob Iger did when he acquired uh, Marvel. And you go back to even before the Marvel acquisition, it was Pixar. And Bob Iger went into detail on that in his book, the conversations that he was having uh, with Steve Jobs. And how visiting Pixar was such an eye-opening experience for Bob Iger and also Steve Jobs expressing very plainly his concerns that if Disney bought Pixar, it would kill Pixar's culture. And I think a lot of that went a long way when you talked about you know, Bob Iger's decision-making process, his approach to these things and these acquisitions, that idea of leaving well enough alone, of not just taking over and being the boss for the sake of throwing your weight around and showing that you're the boss but actually letting people who are doing who are doing well just continue to do their jobs and then you just be there to provide whatever support that they need. I think Bob Iger learned a lot of those lessons through of course his career prior to being the CEO of Disney, but then that Pixar acquisition went a long way in showing him how to do it and he applied those same lessons to Marvel and Lucasfilm and Fox and maybe not all those lessons were applied in all the same ways uh, for every single one of those acquisitions, but Anyway, just getting back to this idea for first off for Bob Iger's contributions as CEO. I mean, it's been massive and he's been a huge part of Marvel's success. I wouldn't say he's been the biggest part of Marvel's success, but in a quite I think Marvel Studios was certainly better off having their films being distributed by Disney than any other studio. That really helped. And then of course, at a key moment in uh, at a key point in, ju- uh, in time, a key juncture for Marvel, where Kevin Feige was fed up with a lot of the things that were going on, having to be overseen by Ike Perlmutter and serving pe- serving bosses who didn't really know about the process of making movies and what was required of doing that and what that what those jobs really entailed, for Kevin Feige to be able to get out from under Ike Perlmutter and just have Marvel Studios report directly to Alan Horn at the Walt Disney Studios, like every other branch of the Walt Disney Studios gets to operate, Pixar, Disney Animation. Lucasfilm, you name it. So that doesn't happen without Bob Iger making it happen, without Bob Iger allowing it to happen. And so Bob Iger seeing that that was something that was necessary and backing Kevin Feige at that key moment was huge. I'm sure it's critical as to why 
I don't think Kevin Feige is probably still at Marvel Studios if Bob Iger doesn't back him in 2015. So that was huge. And so I will always appreciate the contributions that Bob Iger made overall to Disney as well as Marvel. But as we start to try and turn the corner here and and think about what this means for Marvel and what impact this is going to have, what Bob Iger says about focusing on the creative really does interest me. But before we get into that, let's just look at what Bob Chapek has to do with Marvel Studios. What does he need to do as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company uh, when he walks in to the second floor of the Frank G. Wells building on the Disney lot? What does he need to do at Marvel Studios? He only has to do one thing. Nothing. He doesn't have to do anything. I mean, he'll have to provide support, so it's not really nothing. But Marvel Studios, things are running great there right now. They're at the top of the box office. We'll see what happens if they're just as successful on Disney+, Plus. but they're probably going to be if their previous track record for success is any indication. So they've got the best thing running right now. And also, what you have at Marvel Studios in a leader in Kevin Feige, as well as the rest of the leadership team, Luis D'Esposito, Victoria Alonso, the members of the Marvel Studios Parliament, Trin Tran, Nate Moore, Stephen Broussard, Brad Winterbaum, and others. What you have in that group is a group that doesn't get complacent, that doesn't just want to make the same things over and over again, because that's what you would have to worry about if you were the new CEO of a company and you had a business unit that was running very successfully. You would have to worry about whether or not that unit can maintain its success or whether or not things would get stale. But if you see that Marvel Studios, even after all of its incredible success and despite being on top of the world, is not resting on their laurels, but instead continuing to push the envelope and the boundaries of the kinds of stories that they can tell to where they go from these big MCU epic movies to having a Disney Plus series called WandaVision, where it's also half classic sitcom. When you see them continuing to change creative directions and styles like that, you know that there's no complacency there, that there's a drive to continue being unique and original in their various approaches to storytelling. So that would be the first thing. And of course, Bob Chapik has noted, as far as respecting and continuing the strategic pillars and that mindset that Bob Iger put in there, I'm sure Bob Iger's approach to delegation and just letting people who are smart and talented do their jobs That's a lesson that I'm sure Bob Chapek is going to take away from all of this. I'm sure he's already picked that up, but if he hasn't, he will in this 22-month transition period. So I I certainly don't have any concern at the start of this that Bob Chapek is going to come in there just for the sake of showing that he's the boss and start trying to make changes. Yeah, that's exactly what I I think too. Marvel is run by Kevin Feige, and I think that you just ride whatever wave that Kevin wants to ride at this point. But, you know, going back to kind of that idea of, of Kevin being in charge of creative, I think that, I don't know if the, the position that I'm even talking about even exists as far as like, and, and what I mean by that, that is I almost feel like it's, there's going to be a, a total restructuring of things. That's what almost, I almost predict. Uh, again, what for what that's worth, I don't know if it's worth much. But I think that because of Kevin already being announced as a Star Wars producer for a, a you know a future film, and him running Marvel right now, 
I think it's just gearing up for him to start really being in charge, overseeing the creative side. And, and again, we talked about this with with uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Couple- no, I, I'm on record of saying one day Kevin Feige will be running both Marvel and Star Wars. I don't know right. what that job is called, but that, I do think that's going to yeah. happen. I, and I think, and what I mean by that is, I I don't think it's going to be. It's not just going to be Marvel and Star Wars. It, there, it's going it's going to be probably over many many different. Uh, films and and brands and whatnot and so and this is where you know and i've gone on record too with well and there's there is that job that job would be chairman of the walt disney studios which there's there are co-chairmen right now you have alan horn and you have alan bergman but Mm -hmm. if one of them were to step aside at at some point or step down because alan horn's been around a while uh, and he's really good at his job so i don't mind him being there but yeah, there there are other jobs between mm. where Feige's at now and CEO jobs that already exist that he could potentially move to in the future. Yeah. So with all of that, because I, 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 I've gone on record saying too, or I know I'm not sure I'm even on record, but some something like Marvel, like Kevin's got that locked down. You know, there's these other creative things they need other people to kind of run them, but at the same time. Kevin knows kind of what he just, he has good, again, great instincts and, and whatnot. So I, I kind of feel that with this, there is going to be a restructuring soon. And I think this is just the start of it. And I think that there's, and again, I don't know if it's, it's other Bob guy is going to be the long-term solution. It remains to be seen if he is or he isn't. And, but at the same time, what I do, what I do think is for as regarding Marvel, how will affect Marvel is that I think that Kevin will is just getting is kind of overseeing Marvel right now to kind of, but I also think he's an, like you said, Sean, a great leader puts people in the place around them that maybe they don't, they don't understand every detail. I think Kevin's what his role right now at Marvel is to get the pearl, the pearl mutter stuff out, get Marvel right from an organized in every way. And that way, by the time he's ready to move on to whatever whatever position he's going to be, because who knows? Maybe Kevin will stay at Marvel and just, and just want to run Marvel. And that's if that's what he wants to do, then that's awesome. Like I, I'd be very happy and excited about that. But I, I just it's hard to think that someone like him would do that. But assuming that he is going to move on eventually, I think that it's him getting kind of again getting Marvel right, fixing that kind of from a publication side and. And getting, and even though I think Marvel is doing okay, public, you know, publication wise for the most part, but getting that kind of, you know, geared to what he wants it to be, getting his people in place, and then maybe moving on to that position that we were talking about eventually. And then Marvel Studio, and he'll be, still be overseeing Marvel Studios to an extent, but he'll have his people in place and he'll have Marvel Studios being run how he wants it to be run. And then he could focus on Pixar and, and, and Lucasfilm. And because again, with Kathleen Kennedy, she, you know, she signed a two year contract as well, but a lot of people are speculating that she probably won't make the next year, not because she'll get fired, but she'll probably want to move on. I mean, she's been there a long time and this is a good time to transition out because there's not a film for a long time. Disney plus shows are kind of in active development. She can kind of oversee that. So I kind of feel like things are with, with Bob Iger stepping down as CEO and trying and right. but it's it just feels like something's coming and they're just preparing things a little bit and there's something in the works and there's a massive restructuring or, or overhaul or whatever coming and I think I think how Marvel's going to be affected by that is that 
there's probably, in my opinion, I think someone's going to be running as far as Marvel Studios, mm-hmm. someone overseeing that that's different as a whole or as as a as that specific uh, company. Right. But Kevin will still be overseeing everything from 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 afar and, and, and obviously instructing. But I think Kevin, as far as the, the head honcho of Marvel Studios specifically, that'll be potential. I think that'll be that change within the next year or so. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't. I don't think you're wrong, and I, I do think when you look at Bob Iger saying how he wants to focus on the creative, and here's a little bit more of what he said on an investor call about that uh, after the announcement, and thinking about what I want to accomplish before I leave the company at the end of 2021, getting everything right creatively would be the number one goal. It was really that simple. And uh, regarding the timing, he continued, it was not accelerated for any pr- any particular reason other than we felt the need was now to make this change. And he said, oh, I already talked about that. He said his goal was to make sure that when he leaves, Bob Chapik will be just as steep in the creative matters for the Walt Disney Company as Bob Iger is right now. But him saying that, that getting the creative right would be his number one goal, I think there's a lot of that that would be aimed outside of Marvel. As far as the idea of more, cor- more corporate restructuring happening, what's interesting about that, though, is a lot of corporate restructuring as far as executives has already happened. It was just May of last year that they reorganized it for the Walt Disney Studios where Alan Horn, who was the chairman, became the co-chairman with Alan Bergman, who had been and still is the president of uh, the Walt Disney Studios. So he was the president of the studio. Alan Horn was the chairman. Now they're co-chairman. Alan Bergman, I think, is still the president. But uh, Alan Horn picked up the additional title of chief creative officer. So Kevin Feige has a chief creative officer title as well, but it's for Marvel, not for all of the Walt Disney Studios. So Kevin Feige could transition into one of those roles eventually, but a potential stopgap there would be if he has a role where he's in charge of Marvel and Star Wars at the same time. And I do think, and and I've said before how I think that's something that could happen with Kevin Feige. And if that happens, I've also talked about how there would need to be some there would need to be a top person at each branch because Kevin Feige can't be in charge of two studios at once unless each studio has somebody he trusts who's running the day to day over there. So for Marvel Studios, who would that be? It could be Luis D'Esposito, who's been the co-president for several years, or it could be Victoria Alonso, who's been there since the beginning, or it could be a member of the Marvel Studios Parliament. As I mentioned, Nate Moore, Trin Tran, maybe one of them slides into the role that Kevin Feige has now so he can be in charge of both Marvel and Star Wars and potentially more. On the Star Wars side, if Kathleen Kennedy steps aside, who would be the person? Would it be Jon Favreau? Would it be somebody else? I mean, but I I do think that there would be some sort of top lieutenant at each company who would be reporting to Kevin Feige in this hypothetical new position where he's overseeing Marvel and Star Wars. So I do think there could be some impacts. And when when you look at, at Bob Iger, talking about and emphasizing how he's going to be focusing on creative and that's his number one goal. Well, he has to be building the creative for the long term. And this is why I think you're onto something in expecting that there could be more restructuring because there's nothing you can do as far like Bob Iger coming in and spending the next 22 months just giving notes on a bunch of different movies that's not going to set Disney up for success long-term. Again, he wants to be able to walk out the door feeling like he has built the and retooled the creative direction across the Walt Disney Company to do that. He wants to make sure that he has done that in such a way 
that he can feel good about leaving and know that the right people are in place to carry that forward. And not just Bob Chapik, but the people who would be working for and working with Bob Chapik. And so I think a huge part of that for for Bob Iger, or potentially a big part of that, might be some additional restructuring. I mean, they have done some. I mentioned the Alan Horn thing. Kevin Feige just got his new Chief Creative Officer Marvel title in October of last year. So you could say, really, that all the restructuring has already been happening. And this change with Bob Iger to Bob Chapik for the, the title of CEO, that's just the last one. That's the culmination of everything that they've already been doing for the past year or so. But maybe Bob Iger is looking at this and feeling like they've made a lot of changes, but there are still some additional tweaks that need to be made in order to make this work in a way that he feels is going to be successful long term. And the only potential impact on Marvel that I see from that perspective would be Kevin Feige overseeing something besides Marvel. So if something else gets added to his plate, be it Star Wars or even more than Star Wars, although just adding Star Wars to his plate would be big enough, that could be something that would uh, that could have an impact on Marvel. But I still think it would be okay. And, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, so I don't want to spend too much time on it here. But I do believe that there are a lot of people at Marvel Studios who've been working with and learning under Kevin Feige for a long time. And so if he's still around overseeing Marvel, just maybe not every single thing in the day to day, that would be okay. I think there are people in there are people in place who could take that responsibility from him. And of course, he would still be around to oversee the creative direction of all of Marvel Studios projects across movies and streaming and anything else as he's starting to oversee comics and, and other operations. So I do think it would be fine if Kevin Feige takes on other responsibilities besides Marvel. But I mentioned that with Bob Iger focusing on the creative direction for the long term at the Walt Disney Company within these next 22 months, I don't think Marvel is going to be his top target because Marvel's running just fine. He doesn't really need to make any tweaks with Marvel. He might want to figure out what's going to be the long term solution with Lucasfilm and Star Wars. Who's going to be overseeing this for the long haul? And yes, that could impact Marvel because if Kevin Feige gets involved on that level, then there's your Marvel impact. But I also just don't think it's about Marvel and Star Wars. I think Star Wars could potentially be a big part of it that reaches that could potentially touch Marvel. But besides that, I mean, when you look at Disney and their weaknesses right now from a creative standpoint, especially if we're looking at on the big screen and on Disney Plus, because by extension, what happens theatrically impacts Disney Plus. I mean, I think you got to look at the Walt Disney Studios. The Walt Disney Studios, they've been very successful with their remakes of animated classics over the last several years, but that's a well that's going to run dry. Even if they adapt things that are more recent, even if they do live action Tangled and live action Frozen and live action Frozen 2, I mean, the impact of those things won't be, it, it may not end up being the same as, as the other animated remakes anyway, because the nostalgia is not there yet. The people who initially loved those, the, the kids who grew up with those movies are still kids. They might be a little bit older now. Uh, but I do think that with that well running dry, you got to figure out what is Disney's live action film and streaming strategy going forward that's going to help add value to Disney Plus, because it can't all just be Marvel and Star Wars. It's got to go across all these other branches. And I know that Bob Iger will also want to make sure that animation and uh, is is ready to go. And but I think he feels like he has that. I mean, they've just they've installed in the past couple of years their leadership with uh, with Disney animation and Pixar. So 
I think a lot of the leadership is in place, but I think obviously Bob Iger wants to make sure that the people who are who have been selected for their current roles are good in those roles and that they're going to stay and continue to be successful. And if there are any changes that need to be made, that that those changes get made in the next 22 months and they figure all of that out. And so I, I think that Bob Iger really is focused on a lot of stuff outside of Marvel. But if his strategy and if his decisions ultimately result in changes at Star Wars, that could touch Marvel because, yes, Kevin Feige could certainly be brought into the fold. And that really would be, I mean, a, a fairly smart decision on the part of Disney would be to have Kevin Feige be involved in Marvel and Star Wars. I don't think they should move Kevin Feige from Marvel over to Star Wars and not having him work on Marvel anymore. You don't want to help out one of your brands at the expense of another one, at least not to that degree. You want Kevin Feige to still be working on both because obviously he still has a lot of value as a leader uh, with Marvel and, and more particular and more specifically Marvel Studios. Okay, quick production note here on Marvel Studios News. Paul had to step away, so I am going to be flying solo for the remainder of this episode. Paul's okay, but he had to step away for the rest of the show, uh, so I will continue on. There's more that I want to discuss here, because even though I joked that Bob Chapik doesn't have to do anything, or the one thing he has to do with Marvel Studios is nothing, that's not to say, and I don't want to dismiss the idea that Bob Chapik, as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, I don't want to suggest that he can't bring value to Marvel, that he can't bring value to Marvel Studios, because as I mentioned before, as I outlined when we went through all the other information, Bob Chapik has been a part of a lot of different businesses at the Walt Disney Company. And so those are a lot of different areas where he could look at and say, Marvel's already a part of this, but maybe Marvel could do more. I mean, most recently, Bob Chapik was really in charge more than anything else, the parks. And we know that we're getting Avengers Campus in Disney California Adventure this year. It's opening this summer. We know that we're getting a lot of other Marvel stuff in the parks around the world. But clearly, there are more opportunities for Marvel to have an expanded, an expanded presence, not just in the parks, but in every aspect of the Walt Disney Company, because Marvel is so powerful right now and so popular right now. And I think Bob Chapek could look at that and say, this is a brand that we're already leveraging quite a bit here at the Walt Disney Company, but there's a lot more that we can do. And I, and I do think that ever since Disney acquired Lucasfilm, really Star Wars in 2012, the idea has been that Star Wars is the A brand. And in a lot of ways, that's true when you look at merchandising sales and everything else. But at the box office, we've seen Marvel eclipse Star Wars in popularity. And I think we're going to see that in other ways as well. And I do think Avengers Campus is going to be a big hit for Disney California Adventure this summer. And so I like the idea of Bob Chapek, as Bob Iger did, partnering with Kevin Feige and finding new ways for Marvel and for Marvel Studios to reach their customers, to reach their audience. And I, I don't think Bob Chapek is going to try and make bad decisions or try to override Kevin Feige or anything like that. But I do think he's going to work with him. I do think it's going to be an active partnership with both of them genuinely interested in finding the best way forward for Marvel and for Marvel Studios well into the future. And I, I do think at the same time, though, Bob Chapek will rely on Kevin Feige's experience, his intelligence, his talent, his expertise in all matters related to Marvel and engaging with that audience. Bob Chapek is going to rely on that, uh, but it doesn't mean that Bob Chapek can't also have his own good ideas uh, to bring to the table 
and make it as successful of a partnership as possible with Kevin Feige, the way that Bob Iger has had a successful partnership with Kevin Feige. So I do think that there is a, a lot of potential value there. I would imagine, though, that Chapik and Feige must have some sort of working relationship already because of the Marvel stuff that's going on in the parks. I know Kevin Feige, as far as we know, as far as we found when we found out about it, he's only been in that chief creative officer of Marvel role for the past few months. But even so, Feige was already involved in other Disney park stuff. He was involved in Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout uh, when that ended up opening in Disney California Adventure back in 2017. So presumably, Feige would have been heavily involved in the development of Avengers Campus, which Bob Chapek would have been in charge of, being in charge, of course, uh, of Disney Parks. So I'm sure they've already been working together. I'm sure there's already a mutual respect and a mutual trust between the two of them. And it's a relationship that will just, go strong, that will just grow stronger as they continue to partner on more and more projects. So I think there's uh, going to be, I do think that has already been a successful relationship and it can continue to be a successful uh, relationship at Disney. And what's also interesting, and now the timing doesn't seem quite so coincidental, but Chapik and Feige are actually going to be on a panel together at South by Southwest next month. They're the stars of a panel. Uh, there are going to be some Disney Imagineers there as well. But now that panel before, it was Bob Chapik as the chairman of Disney Parks Products and Experiences, Kevin Feige as the president of Marvel Studios and chief creative officer of Marvel Entertainment. Now it's Bob Chapek as the CEO, Kevin Feige's titles are still the same, but it's great that we're going to get a chance to, well, I'm not going to be in the audience and most of us are not going to be in the audience, but we will have a chance to see the two of them or hear about the two of them being together at this very public event. And so we can kind of see the rapport that's been established and we'll probably get some quotes about the two of them and how they feel about an opportunity to work together in this new capacity. But they've already been working together on some things. So it's not going to be a completely brand new relationship where these guys were on complete opposite ends of the Walt Disney Company, having no idea what the other person does, having no idea what the other person is like or who the other person is outside of just knowing outside of just knowing the name or maybe seeing them at a premiere or an office Christmas party. These guys have already been working together and now they'll just be doing so in a much larger capacity. And I believe that the trust is already there. Uh, mainly from Bob Chapek toward Kevin Feige to trust Marvel Studios to continue doing what's made them so successful over the past 12 years and counting, or almost 12 years and counting. But that's where we're going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. We have more exclusive content on our Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. And on our Patreon, we also have an exclusive Discord server where we're going to be hosting those watch parties. So remember, Captain America the Winter Soldier on Sunday, March 1st at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Black Panther on Wednesday, March 4th at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Those are coming up. And so for more information on that, please visit patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News for information on how you could join us on this podcast or you might potentially be able to join us on this podcast. Check out our Instagram at Marvel Studios News. You can also find us on Facebook at Marvel Studios News or on Twitter at Marvel Newscast if you'd like to follow Paul. You can do that on Twitter and Instagram at Herman22 with two N's. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can follow me at Mr. Sean Gerber, Sean spelled S-E-A-N. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>